Hello, everyone. My name is Shar Pittman, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, Woman of Purpose. I hope this message empowers you to live your life of purpose. Enjoy the conversation. Today, I've got my friends with me, and um, if you watch the first episode, you'll know who they are, so we're not going to repeat that. Um, but we're talking about the topic of identity and um, as a woman and really embracing who we truly are. And the first one we talked about how um, our identity was, you know, can be marked, especially as a child, mm-hmm. and how how we're marked. Our identity really is the lens that we see life through, mm-hmm. and how if we're not sure of who we are how we relate to others, how we respond to others, how we see life in general will actually uh, not be correct, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what I would love to hear from you guys is, I asked you guys this earlier, is if you would share um, something in your life that really marked you, how that marked you, and then um, we'll talk about the journey of how you kind of came out of that. We can start with Melissa. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I... Definitely grew up in, I mean, it was a wonderful home. However, there was a belief that, you know, I was definitely a strong child, a, you know, hopping out of the crib by six months is what my mom says. (laughs) And so, you know, and I always wanted my way, even as a young child. And so I heard it over and over, it was put on me a lot, that you definitely take after the German side of the family and that, you know, you being strong, but also you having anger, you know, I would get uncontrollable anger, I guess, and have fits even on the, you know, you could see the kids in the grocery store, that was me. Mm -hmm. And so it was like put on me at a very early age that that was just who I was. Mm -hmm. And so, and and almost to be almost proud of it, you know, because that was, you were strong Mm -hmm. and you could be in control Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and that you didn't let anybody, you know, mess with you. And so another thing which was interesting as we go into the area of being marked is that um, I was also told at a young age I started to have migraines and um, that my mother had them and my grandmother had them. So I was just going to have them. And, you know, was it hormonal or whatever? And so that was something I battled until just a couple years ago, and that was released. And so um, it's just interesting how, as a young child, some of these things, even the body image, there was some body image things that were like, oh, but you're always going to be like that because, you know, that's the patient side of the family. So it was just interesting. So if they're listening, they'll know exactly what we're talking about. So I'm breaking that off right now, yeah. uh, that generational curse. And so growing up, um, I didn't have a lot of, I, I, it was difficult for me to focus and have attention in school. And so, you know, I was marked as not being smart enough. And so when I got into high school, You know, I wanted to, I mean, for many, many years, my mom was in the medical field. I wanted to be a nurse, like, as you heard from the last episode, you know, that that ended up being my identity, but it was a struggle. I had a counselor, and, you know, your counselors are supposed to be people that pour into you and inspire you and empower you, and that's what I'm so thankful for this podcast, to be able to empower these women, because he said a lie. He said, you will never be a nurse. You're not smart enough to be a nurse, and so you should probably look into another career. And that was where I was marked. Yeah. So from that time period on, I think I was a sophomore uh, or a junior in high school, I was like, I'm not smart enough, so I might as well not even try. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it was, you know, getting set up to go into another career in another town, which I 
had also marked me to for many, many years, only to the last couple of years, that I had anxiety about even leaving my own backyard. Mm -hmm. And so I was just set into this basically Catholic dorm in a foreign town with nobody that I knew and going to this to school for something I didn't want to do. Hmm. And so what happened? Well, I failed miserably. I partied. I drank. <laughs> My boyfriend snuck in the dorm room window and ended up getting pregnant. And so I dropped out of everything and came back home. And, um, and I'm in a relationship that is abusive. And I lose that. I lost that child. I lost that baby. And, um, whew, and, um, but, but still went on to get married uh, to him. And, and so it was just a cycle. Mm. And so it wasn't until the birth of uh, my son, uh, Bryant, that I had this like shift. And Pastor Star likes, likes to say shift happens. <laughs> and it was like, I need to change my life for him. So now my identity was a mom and everything mm -hmm. I did was for him. It wasn't even for me. Right. Like I was like, I'm going to nursing school and I'm, and so I was in nursing school. I mean, I was pregnant. So I had a baby. I got divorced. I was working three jobs and yep, I got C's. So ladies, I'm not saying this, but C's earn degrees. Yes. So I had never had a bad Come evaluation on. as an RN. I was a, I, I am. Uh, I am a good nurse, but it is not my identity. And so that was a shift. Now, back then, I had religion. I didn't necessarily have a relationship. But now, like, Jesus has shown me so many times how, like, he was right there. Right there, even to bringing, you know, my husband of now 31 years into my life uh, shortly after that season and him adopting Bryant. So it was just beautiful. Yeah. Um, however, it still took me several years to figure out what my true identity was. Um, but that was something that marked me. One word, like seriously, yeah. do yeah. not let that happen. Yeah. Do not let that happen. Yeah. One word. But how, but how, you know, Melissa, you, you know, how many of us have done or did exactly what you did? You were told mm -hmm. that you can't because you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, mm -hmm. all of those things. You believe that lie, and that's then how you saw everything. Mm -hmm. So then you tried to do the things they told you to do, mm -hmm. which didn't work. No. Mm -hmm. And you failed big time at it, you know, which didn't add a whole <laughs> bunch of great outlook on your, yourself, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, it didn't make you feel good about yourself, that's for <laughs> sure, because, you know, you, you know, you failed, but it was like, what I loved what you said was like, you know, even though b getting pregnant and having your son, it, sh it shifted something in you. It's just interesting how it took that to really get you, even though you found your identity being a mom, it's like it took that for you to really start shifting. Start, starting a shift. Exactly. Yeah. To start yeah. saying, okay, this isn't working. This is what I really want to do regardless of what they said about it, regardless of how they deemed me, and I'm going to do it anyways. And you didn't allow making C's to say, I'm not smart enough. You know, you decided that I, it's, you're, you're going to do it. And you did it. And you passed and you became a nurse and a great nurse. And you're a great mom. And then you met Mike, yeah. which is amazing. And I think even in that, wasn't Mike like a, a friend, your friend's friend, and he would babysit for you or something? crazy like that right so I had I, because I was working all these jobs and doing all this stuff and going to nursing school uh, and I had Bryant I had a lady move in with us and so it was her boyfriend's best friend was Mike and so Mike was in the picture way before I even knew Mike so he, Bryant and him had a relationship and I was like 
who is this guy that has, you know, it was like God was watching out. That could have been, he could have been some crazy person. And so, but the one thing I do want to also say is that I was, I grew up with the understanding that we don't go to counseling. Like we were strong, right? I mean, my family is strong and we would never seek any type of counseling ever. And so I want to encourage that it's okay. Yeah. In that season, and that was all God, it was me in nursing school on my psych rotation. Like, literally, that is God, right? Like, I'm sitting there in these sessions because it's in, I mean, doing my nursing, like, in, in nursing school, and I'm like, oh, I don't need to be in this relationship. It isn't my fault. This, yeah. you know, it was all this revelation, and then I, you know, then I, I seeked out counseling, and, uh, even even as we go through all these years, there's still things for me is trust, safety, and security. Yeah. And, it, and it stems back to those things and those things that I'm working on. And so I guess I just wanted to make sure that yeah. people know that because we think we're so strong and yeah. that we're warriors and that we don't need to have help. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. we need to have help or spiritual mentors. Like I'm so blessed yep. to have you as my spiritual mentor. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's so good that you said that because sometimes we feel like if we um, – go to a therapist or ask for counseling yeah. that we're that we're weak. Right. But in reality, counseling and therapy isn't because you're weak, it's because you want to see something different change. in your life mm-hmm. and change in mm-hmm. your life. And the truth is is that we can't see a lot of times the things that we need to change because we're in it. Mm-hmm. It's like we become so entrenched like mm-hmm. you just thought I'm just going to stay in this relationship because this is just kind of what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And then when you had that, somebody telling you, you were like, wait a minute, I don't have to stay in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And part of that decision was you making a mark on yourself mm-hmm. saying, I am worth being loved, being valued, and being cherished, and not being treated, mm-hmm. um, not being abused. Right. So that's a really powerful story. One. I think the sorry the, I was think the the other thing that I see from her story is that there were things being put in place by God that really was restoring her to the original design that we mm-hmm. talked about. So you know the movement into nursing, and I know that He even moved you out of that. There's like the clarity coming. Um, so you're still in that growth. I think we are still in that growth where He continued to unveil who we are some more. Um, as we continue to seek that change, that that that, that we we know that there's more yeah. as we intentionally seek it. So. Yeah, I, I do want to say one thing. I didn't seek counseling or to going to someone not because I thought I was because I was so strong. I actually felt my and see myself very weak, not enough, and just very 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 small. I hid in the corner. I played with one friend. I was such an introvert. And I did not want to go to counseling because I did not want them to see and then make me say, yeah, you really are that. Mm-hmm. You didn't They're want them going to confirm. Confirm to me what I really thought. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my goodness, someone's going to confirm. And then it really, really will really be. be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so mine was not being enough transpired into the only thing that I can do to control is food. 
and it spiraled me into a eating disorder that I had for almost 20 some years, 25 wow. years, that I could control anything and everything that went into my mouth, how it went into my mouth, and how much I ate. I never finished a plate. I never finished a bite. I could not finish a whole sandwich. And then everyone's like, you're so thin, you're so thin. And that became my identity mm-hmm. of who I was. And even, I mean, I stayed very healthy being pregnant. I never not um, did eat enough, but I was very cautious mm-hmm. on what I ate and how I did it because of not being enough. So mine was not, you're so strong. Mine is, you are so weak. So you believed then that you were not important, that your voice was not enough to be heard, that you needed to be quiet and put yourself in a corner, that you needed to, you know, because where where do you think, Gretchen, that that came from? Did somebody say something? No, I really believe that it's that my, I was... My sister was so cute. I mean, she was so adorable. These huge eyes, and she was so adorable. And my brother was so extremely smart that I didn't have one of those shining mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. that I was the dreamer. I'm the one who kind of sit in the, the – the, but when I went to do something, I was better than her. I could do things when I actually put my effort into it. But I just – it didn't matter to me. I wasn't competitive. Oh, you can go on and win. You can do that. So it just kept me – it kept me shadowed, and then she would get very, very, very upset if I beat her at something. So it was better mm. not to see to her upset. Piece, yeah. <laughs> so and I didn't want to ruffle nothing. Mm. I mean, it was okay you won. Well, who yeah. cares? You know, it's okay you're this. We'll go to your ball games. We'll go to you playing in band. We'll go mm. to. I'm the best cheerleader. That's not a cheerleader because she was cheerleader too. I was the best. <laughs> At making sure she was okay. I was. I think I always was this person who wanted to make sure everyone else was okay. And I don't know if it was put on me or if I it was somehow put on myself. But I think what that did though is it made you feel, feel. like you belonged to something that yeah. you had a purpose. Yeah. And that became your purpose, which was unhealthy. Right. Obviously, it brought you to an eating disorder that you know is, wasn't good either, which is where you found your identity. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You know, and I'm sure there's so many women that are watching out there that, you know, it's the, it's the same. It's like we, we, want to con- we want some form of control because control has been taken from us. Right. And we've been deemed things that we're not, but yet we don't know how to have a voice to say who we really are, what's really going on the inside of us, which would make us authentic and real and vulnerable, which, heavens mm-hmm. for sakes, don't do that. <laughs> right. You know, but then you went to something that you could... Control. control and nobody could take that from you and, and and I think it's where the enemy came in on that foothold because I was a caregiver mm-hmm. so he took such advantage of me being a caregiver that made me shrink back yeah. to really let perver- everyone else really shine really perverted something that is a gift that's a beautiful gift yeah. because yeah. I, I'm, you know, I've heard somebody use this expression where there is a pure version and a perverted mm-hmm. version. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it is a gift that God gives you. It, you know your 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 kindness, your compassion, your care for others. But the enemy always comes and offer you an yeah. alternative version of mm-hmm. what God really have for you. Mm-hmm. It's like just kind of look similar to what God wants. That it finds an attraction in you. It finds a place to land. But it's not the pure version. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and that's just it's um, it's interesting because being a cheerleader is 
your gift today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the encourager, the builder, the, the big I'm, heart. I, yeah, the yeah, big heart. Big I'm going to pull. People. I'm going to yeah. pull out of that woman mm -hmm. that thing <laughs> yes. that I see mm -hmm. yes. because they're not living so in who are, they truly yeah. are, and so how God brings that full mm -hmm. circle. <laughs> yes. And now I see the strength in that. Yeah. I mean, I see exactly because it's no longer perverted. Right. Yeah. And you know, I am a mother. And I am a mother by by heart. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have spiritual kids and even kids that aren't mine that they they know and when I'm mama. I'm mama. Yeah. I'm a mama. Yeah. We always say that from the beginning. Here's my mama. Yeah. But that was taken very young. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're just being a mom. You're just being this. You're just being that. Like you're too. You're trying mm -hmm. to control someone when I'm really trying to nurture or yeah. help them. So it was almost stolen from me very young. Mm -hmm. yeah. That the, and then you know when people say it now, I'm like. But now I've embraced it. Yeah, now it's like, yes, it. I am the mama. I have the mints and the Band-Aid both in my, ba uh, you know, in my purse. <laughs> and and that's what I have. Yeah. And I now it makes me happy. That's good. Right. It makes me because, happy. Because you realize that that really isn't who you are. It's a gift that God has given you yes. to be able to give yeah. to other to people. Others. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't yeah. become who you are. And, there, you know? and because there is some out there who didn't get to have the opportunity to have a mother. Mm -hmm. You know, with me being an adoptive mother, it just, it really just touches my heart when there's someone, and they can be grown, mm -hmm. but they haven't had that. So, someone looked at me and goes, I never had anyone teach me this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and even just with the conference we just did, and s women getting to dress up, yeah. they never got to dress up before. Mm -hmm. They never got to get the hair done. And to me, that is so important mm -hmm. that they get to have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I see it in a different view now. Yeah. I see it through God's lens yeah. mm -hmm. and that how it's a gift that yeah. he's allowed me. And it don't have to be because I'm so smart. Right. It because, <laughs> it's because I truly see. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But that's the really amazing thing, though, is that you didn't just throw that away as saying, you know, well, Rejected. You know, rejected. Mm -hmm. You decided to really allow the Lord to show you who you really are so that you can actually mm -hmm. use the gift for his purpose and his mm -hmm. good and to change tons of women's lives. And you do. You impact yes. hundreds of women, I'm yeah. sure. And, you mm -hmm. know, the, the interesting thing is that you won't even, you won't no. know it till you mm -hmm. get to the other side and go, wow, I touched lots of lives. So that's cool. So, mm -hmm. Miss Sherilyn, what is... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I think that my journey starts with my family. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think most of us probably mm -hmm. do, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> my family, when I say family, I'm like, family. Yeah, I'm the 11th of 12. And, you know, there's like eight girls in this family. And so there's a <laughs> lot, a lot of room for comparison. Okay. A lot, a lot of room. And I think for me, a lot of room to... The first thing I, I really recognized that I was struggling with in my family was like, I am not an individual. Mm -hmm. it's like I just seem to be one of the one one of the crowd, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but not only that, there was a it was very defined this one of the crowd, because um, I was taller than all my sisters. I was bigger in size than all my sisters. Even like my mom reached me like here. You know, so I was like the biggest one in the home. The home. My feet was big. <laughs> I'm like, I hate it. I was really traumatized as a child to go and buy shoes. Mm -hmm. I had no shoes because I refused to go in the store and say, I need a size 10 shoes while my sister used six. Or something. <laughs> you know, I was traumatized wow. by that. 
okay. I did not want to go. Mm-hmm. I felt that some it contributed mm-hmm. to a whole lot of things that I thought about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would call, I mean, we, we, we generally call it like a tomboy kind of. Um, yeah. I I grew up with this mentality that okay, you're the strong one. It's in it's in everything. It's in the way that I carry my 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 mouth was like strong. I would speak out what I like and I didn't like, and and my mom would serve me uh, something, and I was like, I don't want that, so I'm not eating. That's it. I don't want it. That's not what I want. I don't want it. How can how, I wanted what was in my father's plate. I mean, how can he have that and I have to eat this? I want that. That's it. And I'm not going to eat if I, if I can't have that. That's it. You know, and um, the strength was the focus mm-hmm. in my size, in my mouth. In, and, and I just grew up with this idea that you're the strong one. Um, you don't, I don't, I rejected the whole idea of being... Um, girly in any way, so I um, I wore pants for all my life, even when I started high school and or we wear uniform in Belize, and so I had to wear a uniform, a skirt for my uniform. I said I am not putting that on unless I could wear a pants underneath. <laughs> I was like, my peace of mind is that I I still have on pants. So I don't know what's your problem. <laughs> I, I you know and um. I was telling the ladies that, you know, it was not anything that somebody said to me. It was just the way that I was, I functioned in the rest of the family. The rest of the family, the other girls would comb their hair and be combing hair for half an hour and putting on makeup. And uh, my sister, I was like, why in the world do you have to do all that? You know, and but I was the one that if they want the fridge move, then get Sherilyn, and I'm the younger one, you know. I mean, all of my sisters are older than me. Come and move the fridge. We want to rearrange the house. You come and move the chair. And so it just, like, there was just this identity, like, I'm, like, almost one of the boys. I'm not one of the girls. Yeah. And I really took that with me into high school. And my entire early elementary and into high school, I'm, like, I refuse to hang with any girls. I'm, like, I fit in with the boys. This is where I belong. I fit in with the guys all through high school. I only hang with guys. And um, I think that the biggest thing for me is that it really kind of, the gap just, as the years went, the gap kept increasing between the idea of femininity being something to embrace Mm. and to respect Mm. and to honor in any way so I can you know, I remember graduating from high school and my sister, one of my older sister went out to buy graduation dress and she brings a peach dress and I am absolutely mad. I'm like, who in the world do you think will wear that? <laughs> I do not wear peach. It's not going to happen. You know, worse a dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I kind of find myself embracing it, embracing it, embracing it that I was different mm-hmm. and that I, and this is just who I am. And um, even after I accepted the Lord, I remember um, I was 19 when I accepted the Lord. And I, I, I love to sing. It's this thing I've done all my life from I was a child. It was the only thing I did. And so... Um, I remember uh, a 
couple months after I accepted the Lord, the, um, the pastor invited me to be a part of the worship team. And he, I remember this conversation. He sat with me and he says, you know, we want you to be a part of the team and we want you, you know, you know, to come to practice and do this, blah, 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 blah. And then as he's ending the conversation, he says, uh, but we do want, it's a very traditional church at the time, says, we do want you to wear a dress or skirt. You can't be on the team wearing pants. I went out that office with fumes coming out my ears. <laughs> And I went to God angry. And I said, God, you accept me with pants on. I know I would, I mean, my relationship with God and my whole conversion and everything was extraordinary. I knew that God encountered me and knew that he loved me and knew that he received me. I was like having an experience with the love of God. Yeah. And here this pastor was telling me this and I was mad. I said, God, something wrong. How dare them say, I cannot worship you with pants on. How dare them say, I have to put on a dress. And I was having a moment with God. And God said to me, one of the, it was the first step that I recognized. Of course, he was working long before that. But the first step that I recognized of him starting to free me in this particular area. And God, I remember in this conversation, I said to God, I am free. I could wear pants if I want. Why do I have to wear a dress? And he said very quietly, but piercing like God can speak. He says, yeah, but you're not free to wear a dress. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you really were not free. So that's what he was right. saying. Like this yeah. freedom that you think you have. Mm -hmm. Right. This freedom that you think is have is just a false. Yeah. Freedom, false yeah. idea of yeah. freedom. But you are not free to wear a dress, which means you are not free. Yeah. Because right. there is so much turmoil and disconnect and distortion in who you think you are and you believe you are that you cannot be comfortable wearing a dress. Yeah. And so you are not free. Yeah. And that started me and the journey. It was a long journey. Of embracing being a woman. Yes. Yeah. Of embracing the fact, the balance really, I call right. it. The balance of where I am strong. Mm -hmm. I am bold. I can speak. I am loud. Yeah. It's like everything about me. My voice is loud. Yeah. I speak loud. I shout. I. It's like my feet is big, like I said. I, I, I now walk around and I say, well, that's how much ground I can yeah, take because my feet yeah. is big. Yeah. <laughs> but not letting go of that, yeah. but at the same time recognize that, you know what, God made me like that. And this is an expression of a woman warrior. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I have to embrace being male-like mm -hmm. to be a woman that is strong you yeah. can be a woman that is strong yeah right you don't have to shift from being a woman to being a man because you are strong right mm -hmm. yes right so That's you know that that, yeah. that is that is uh and, and i just want to show in there that the enemy gives much opportunity to affirm and confirm the lie that you believe. Yes. He will bring 
whatever strategy he can use yeah. to confirm those things, you know? Like, um, you know, all the things that I believe from I was young, you know, it was even growing up and even in high school, I, I embraced that idea. And you, I would have, you know, other girls telling me, oh, you hang with the guys. Oh, you you are you are too rough. Oh, you yeah. are the you know. It's like just affirming. All right, yeah, mm -hmm. no problem. I don't fit in with you, no problem. And you know stuff like that. But then even after I became a Christian, the enemy didn't stop. He's That's not right. gonna let. Right. He's not gonna let you just embrace what God has for you. Right. And I remember, um, here I am trying to f be freed from this idea, and I have never entertained any kind of. Um, same-sex kind of thoughts or ideologies mm -hmm. uh, and there I was in the church and a woman in the church sent me a love letter and it was a strategy of the enemy yeah. Yeah. this 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 lady I mean I was reaching out to her mm -hmm. for to support her to encourage her in some stuff that she was dealing with and the next thing I know I'm getting love letters from her mm -hmm. and immediately I recognized, you yeah. know what, the enemy is plowing. Still trying to confirm. Yeah, still yeah. trying to confirm a lie. Because yeah. I'm not trying to take it to another level. Mm -hmm. It was uh, uh, looking for an open door. Yeah. And that's when I had to take it really serious. Yeah. That's when I had to look at Change. it even more straight up and yeah. say, you know what, I need to deal with this in yeah. me. Yeah. Because we're not going that direction. That yeah. is not correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's really good. So. And you know, it's interesting because you know, all of it, like all of you ladies talked, it's like what you believed about yourself was it came from not even a voice. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about the voices, and sometimes voices don't have to speak. Like you were talking about the actions mm -hmm. and stuff and how competition in, you know, I grew up with, I'm number eight out of nine. So growing up towards the tail end <laughs> yeah. of things, you know, mm -hmm. there's this I don't know what we carry or what we think, but just that comparing yourself to your other siblings mm -hmm. that you were not petite enough or you were not this enough, mm -hmm. but how just that little thing there snowballed into this big thing. And then you're like, um, you know, I'm going to just, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to be, you know. Mm -hmm. But I love how, how all of you ladies just really took a stand to just say, you know what, I know that there's more and I know that this is not who I am and that I can actually, you know, be who I'm designed to be yes. from the beginning. So um, really appreciate you guys sharing your story. In the next episode, ladies, we're going to be talking about um, what to do and how, what tools we use to really get free and to, um, and to move on and to be able to actually enjoy embracing uh, our true identity and who we really are. So thank you for joining us on this uh, episode, Moment of Purpose. And uh, join us for the next one. Thank you. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on social media. And stay tuned for our next episode.